Thanks so much to those who have been leading us in our worship tonight. And Tom, I love those actions for His mercy is more. You'll have to teach me those afterwards, okay? And then I can maybe do them the next time we sing as well. I was in Edinburgh, one of my, my favorite cities, on, on Friday. And we were killing some time before heading back out to the airport to get our flight. And I was waiting to meet up with my brother. And I headed into Waverley Station. Now, I'm not like some kind of train-spotting nerd, honestly. But I just like places where people are or to go and see what's going on. And nor am I someone who turns every situation in life into some big kind of theological question in my mind. But I can honestly say that when I was standing up in one of the gantries and looking out over that station, and last year, Edinburgh was still pretty dead because of COVID and because of restrictions. But this year, this January, when we were there, things were much more back to normal. And there were lots of people coming and going. And I was watching them get off trains and head to platforms to catch trains. And I looked at all of these people and I did have this thought, how many of these people are believers in Jesus? How many of these people are saved? And I did think about the lostness of people who were walking around that place. Do you ever stop and think about a pretty fundamental question? And that is, why do we share the gospel? It seems to me that we don't often pause in our day or in our life and think about that particular question. And maybe sometimes, and ahead of the more practical thing that we're going to look at from God's Word tonight, maybe this is a good moment to, to simply pause and to reflect on why we go to the trouble of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people, because it can increasingly bring us trouble to do that. And we know that that's the way in which our society is going. And I suppose that the most fundamental and immediate answer that we would give to that question, why share the gospel, is because our Master, our Lord Jesus, commands it. We, we see that at the end of Matthew's gospel in Matthew 28. And if you read right at the end of that gospel, the final thing that Jesus does and says before He returns to be at His Father's side in heaven is He commands his disciples to go into all the world making disciples. And it's a command that comes with authority because before he, he says that, he reminds them that all authority has been given to them. And so, recognizing that authority, it should be our concern as disciples, as followers of the Lord Jesus, to obey Him, to do what it is that He wants and calls us to do. But then beyond that, we should share the gospel out of a concern for people. And that concern will come about from understanding the truth of Scripture that tells us that people who do not know Christ, who have not received salvation, are lost. That there is a sense in which they are already lost here and now, but then crucially, they will be lost for eternity, that Scripture talks about a heaven and a hell. 
And then beyond that, and this is a more general point, but it is crucially important, ultimately we should be sharing the gospel, we should be making Jesus known for God's glory. Remember that it is His eternal purpose to call a people to Himself for His glory. And the remarkable thing is that He would consider involving people like you and me in this incredible mission. And He does. Now, of course, God does not require us to help Him. This is something that is planned and decreed by Him, but in His grace, and this is a mystery to us, but in His grace, He is determined that His church will be involved in this mission, that His people will be, and this is remarkable grace, will be co-workers in that task to be considered by God as being co-workers. That's a remarkable thing. And tonight, realizing the great importance of evangelism, well, we should want to engage in sharing Jesus with others, but we know that that is easier said than done. How can we share the good news of Jesus with those around us, with those that we spend time with each day, whether that be family members and loved ones, hopefully they're kind of the same group of people, colleagues in work as we increasingly return to our workplaces again, neighbors, friends, but also strangers whose paths we cross along life's journey. And we know that in every area of life, if we want to do something well, then it requires us learning from the best. So, when we actually want to discover our best to share Jesus and to make Jesus known to other people, then we want to learn from the example of Jesus Himself. So, let's briefly tonight consider this encounter that Jesus had during His ministry. Turn with me again, please, to John chapter 4, and we're going to really concentrate on verses 5 to 26, and we're not going to get into all of the detail and the background of this encounter tonight. We're going to look at this chapter for one particular purpose, but having said that, there is some background digging that's required, and when you begin to read this encounter this incident in the life of Jesus, you get to see that it is an unexpected encounter. It is a surprising one. In fact, later in the chapter, and we didn't read this, but if you look now at verse 27, you see the disciples expressing their surprise that Jesus has been in conversation with this woman. There are some surprising elements to this particular meeting. First of all, the fact that the woman is there at all at that time. Verse 6, she's there at the sixth hour, in other words, at midday, and it's not the typical time in which water gathering would have happened under the heat of the Middle East sun at this particular well. Some scholars speculate, and it is nothing more than speculation, that the presence of the woman there at that particular hour indicates a desire to stay 
clear of the other women who would have come much earlier in the morning before the heat of the day in order to gather their water for the day. But it is agreed that whatever the motivation, whatever the reason, this is a strange hour for this woman to be out doing the heavy work of drawing water from this well. But then beyond that, this meeting, this encounter is unusual, almost to the point of being scandalous to those looking on. In the society that Jesus lived in, a man talking to a woman in public was not something that would have been the norm. Again, the main reason in verse 27 that the disciples express their surprise that Jesus is in conversation with her. And then furthermore, the fact that she is a Samaritan makes this conversation between Jesus and the woman even more unexpected. In fact, this is a difference between them that the woman is acutely aware of and highlights in verse 9. But the bottom line is that Jesus, in this conversation, offers himself to this woman as the living water, as he refers to it in verses 10 and 14, this living water that will meet her deepest needs and lead to eternal life. So, are there principles then, as we look at this conversation, that we can apply to our conversations in the week that lies ahead? Well, yes, there are. And I want to look at them under three headings very quickly. The first heading, and then there are some subpoints to this. The first heading could be described as everyday encounters. The first principle that we learn from the Lord Jesus is have contact with others. Now, that sounds absolutely obvious. Indeed, you might think to yourself, contact with others is utterly unavoidable, so why do we even need to, to talk about this? But let's remind ourselves that in order to be salt and light for Jesus, we must not cut ourselves off from people who are different from us. And there has been all the way through the history of evangelicalism, particular movements and particular times in which people have sought to do exactly that. So that if you keep an eye on the Gospel Coalition stuff, if you listen to podcasts and you're aware of the situation in the States, you'll know that a big hot topic amongst evangelicals is homeschooling. And I'm not, I, by the way, speaking against homeschooling, I'm just indicating that that is something that indicates that at times there is this sense of moving away from, withdrawing from society and what's going on in society. Now, what we get to see here in this encounter is that Jesus cut across the religious, the social, the cultural barriers of His day in order to talk with this woman. And I find that challenging, and I'm sure you do as well. Are there individuals or are there groups of people that actually, if you were being really honest, you would want to have nothing to do with? You know, for me, if I thought that I was or anyone within my congregation was avoiding a Catholic because they were a Catholic, 
I'd be pretty appalled by that. If I thought that somebody was avoiding someone of a different ethnicity because they were black or because they were Asian, I would be pretty appalled by that. But I would have to admit that when I really think about it, there are groupings, there are subsets and subcultures of our society. And if I'm being really honest, I would probably prefer to avoid contact. But Jesus, the Master, Jesus our Lord, cut across these things in order to make Himself known to people. And then the second thing that I think we can learn from Jesus is to be natural, or if you want to describe it in this way, to be ourselves. Because here Jesus had been traveling, and John tells us in verse 6 that tired as He was from the journey, He sat down. So, the point is that Jesus genuinely needed a drink of water at that moment. It was the middle of the day. He had been traveling. This seeking of a drink of water is not some great visual aid, but rather the conversation naturally led from Jesus speaking to this woman and revealing His need to her. And there's a need for us to look for opportunities to share something of the gospel that arise from the natural conversations about everyday things. And in doing that, be yourself. Don't try and mimic the minister. Not that you would do that here in Connor. Don't try and mimic the person you listen to on a podcast or the person you, you watch on the God channel or whatever it is in the way in which you talk with someone else. Everyday encounters. Do we see the people that we meet this week, the conversations that we will have this week as being great opportunities to make Jesus known? But then the second heading is engaging encounters. And again, learning from Jesus there is that need to establish a common interest. You might think, well, what was the common interest? What was the common ground between this Samaritan woman and Jesus, a Jewish man? Well, in fact, Jesus spoke to the woman about something that they had in common, and it was as simple as this in verse 7. They both needed water. She was there drawing water from the well, and he was looking for a drink. One thing I've discovered in ministry is that people like to talk about their lives, and they love, people love to talk about their interests. And you don't have to have a great knowledge about the interest that someone has. You just need to show some interest in it as well, the things that they're passionate about. And when you go into work this week, when you have conversations with your neighbors as you walk out of the, the driveway, if you live within the villages, there will be things that they're passionate about, things that they would be keen to talk to you about. And what gospel opportunity, opportunities can arise from that? And then again, following the example of Jesus and this engaging encounter that we read of here in John chapter 4, 
engage in dialogue, not in monologue. Because if you look at the conversation, and that's exactly what it is that emerges here in verses 7 to 26, you'll see that Jesus is engaged in a two-way conversation. And if you're seeking to share Jesus with those around you, if you dominate the conversation, if people immediately feel that they're being preached at, it's unlikely to lead to a good outcome. So, listen well. Look at someone when they're talking to you. But then we look at Jesus' example here again, arouse interest. And that's the thing about Jesus as water was being passed across, he then aroused this woman's interest in eternal things by throwing out some leading comments. In verse 10, he begins to talk about living water, and she's left wondering, well, what is this living water? And then in verse 14, he, he, he mentions something that must have sounded tantalizing and appealing to her. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. And it's these comments that then lead this woman to ask questions, which then lead her to progress in her understanding of who Jesus is. So, if you scan through the passage here and you see this progression, she, come, she goes from regarding Jesus as a stranger in verse 9 to understanding that He is a prophet in verse 19, where she begins to see, well, you are clearly someone who speaks up for God, but then it takes her right the way through to verses 25 and 26 when the truth of Jesus is revealed to her and she comes to understand that He is the Messiah. Do you see the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is, as being the best ever news that you can share in your life. We are so quick to share other news with people and other things that we consider to be amazing. How anxious are we and keen are we to share the identity of Jesus with people, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior? But then one final heading here, and that is effective encounters. And what we learn from Jesus is how He then directs the conversation, because there is this balance to be struck. As we seek to share the good news of Jesus with others, yes, it should be a dialogue, it should be a conversation, but we still need to bring the good news to people. We still need to share with them that in Jesus, they find the one who is the living water. And you see how Jesus in this passage in verse 10 onwards changed the conversation from the physical to the spiritual. He did it in a natural way. So, as you talk with people, think about how you can direct the conversation to spiritual things. And then taking our lead from Jesus, as you speak with people, don't condemn, but be honest. 
and be honest about the reality of sin. You'll see that Jesus was not shocked by this woman's immoral life, but He reveals truth to expose her sin and help her to see that her life is not the way that it was meant to be, verses 16 to 18. And we need to learn from the Master. He has compassion for this woman. That compassion means that He wants to meet her deepest needs, and therefore it means that He does not gloss over her sin. He does not ignore it. He confronts her with her sin. Indeed, He says to this woman, to go and sin no more. Sin really matters to Jesus, and it should matter to us. This is so difficult for us. In a society where most of the people whom we will meet this week will just not consider sin as being a problem at all, how can we, in conversations, not condemn people but make them aware that sin is a big problem? Well, it needs to begin with an admission of our own sin and with sharing with people our need of God's grace in our own life. And then don't get sidetracked. In order for this to be an effective engagement, we must not lose sight of what it is that we're seeking to do. And you'll notice here in verse 20 and in the following verses that when this woman is confronted with her sin, she then tries to change the subject. It's a classic tactic. Instead of acknowledging what Jesus has just said about her messed up domestic life, she then begins to talk about theology and about worship and about where the right place is to worship God. And yet Jesus is not sidetracked. He turns this back to focusing on the greatest matter of importance, her sin and the forgiveness that she needs to find through Him. So that at the end of this encounter, ultimately Jesus points this woman to Himself. That is the key thing for us to see and understand and seek to follow tonight. Jesus points this woman to Himself, and that needs to be our ultimate goal, pointing others to Jesus. If we don't take them there, if over time as we get to know people and we are patient with people and we build up relationship with people, if we never ever get to the stage of sharing with them who Jesus is and, and bringing them to Christ, presenting to them the truth of Christ, then this is not an effective engagement. But as we finish, one final encouragement tonight, and that is to look at the impact that meeting with the Lord Jesus that day had not only on this woman, but had on her entire community. Look further down in John chapter 4 at verse 39, in this wonderful verse, 
very much linked into the conversation that we've been looking at tonight. We're, we're told by John in his gospel in chapter 4, verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. That is such an encouraging thing for us as we seek to share Jesus with others that not only by the power of the Holy Spirit did this woman believe, not only was she transformed by this encounter with Christ, but she then shared this with others and their lives were changed as they believed in God's Son, Jesus. And I hope that this encourages you as this week you look for those opportunities to share the gospel with others. If you seek them and if you seek the Lord, He will give you those opportunities, those everyday engagements. And we pray that with His help, we will make those effective ones for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of this for God's glory as we sing of that now.